everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I'm here with my podcast today and the Grabies, who will be helping me. So if you hear any squeals in the background, I promise they're just hungry. The excuse, the, today we're talking about something special, so you know I couldn't just delay it. I had to have a whole crew to help me cover this particular event. What, the what is the the what babies? The Grabies? Is the Grabies? The Grabies? Uh huh. They're they're all named after a shade of gray. So they are gray kittens. They are all gr- mostly gray. Uh, a lot of them have stripes. Uh, one has a little splash of light brown, but other than that, they're almost entirely gray. Okay. You know how much I, I love kittens, right? You know that, Matt. I uh-huh. love kittens. Everyone knows that. I'm a I'm a big I love kittens. I almost took one of the, the kitten you had when I was at missing <laughs> holidays. I was like, I might take this kitten home. His name is Snicket now. I mean, that's not bad. Um, but you using the words the word gravies to describe them makes me kind of hate. Uh, oh, but Robbie, it's a portmanteau. They're gray babies. Don't you get it? Oh boy! Did you write the Simpsons this season eighteen? Matt? Is that what we're doing? This is the level of of cleverness we're at. <laughs> yes, Robbie. I went back in well, actually season eighteen. I would I would have been in my early twenties, so you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I could have done this. I could have snuck on there and just. You're. Well, what is I, I I hid under the table and I just wrote down the stupidest thing I could think of and just slipped it on top of the table. I, it's weird they never caught on to my handwriting. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show for only $2 a month. You get access to all of our bonus content. Uh, appreciate everyone who supports us there. Best way you can support the show. Um, this is our first, the first third of The Simpsons movie. Uh, this is part one. Simpsons movie part one. Uh, the movie was released July 27th, 2007 and written by, let's take a deep breath. James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, Al Jean, Ian Maxtone, Graham, George Meyer, Dave Merkin, Mike Reese, Mike Scully, Matt Selman, John Swartzwelder, and John Vitti. Some uh, some b- big recognizable names there. Oh, I said uh, they brought the whole crew in, like the old school crew. Yes, they did. Uh, the the uh, notable list of names, many of them worked on The Simpsons back golden years early in the show even there's but there is a mix here you have names like you know ian maxwell graham or matt selman who are more recent additions to the the writing staff but you also have james l brooks himself and al gene and 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 uh like george meyer john sportswater obviously big names mike scully Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we see a little bit of influence of that kind of writing in, in not a little. You don't see a little, Matt. Uh, I but I mean, Mike Scully has written some great Simpsons episodes. You wrote Lisa on Ice. We I bring that up all the time. So he's capable with with in the confines of a writer's room, able to create uh, great Simpsons episodes. Um, So Murder's Row, big names, you think written by all these people, you think we were going to get something that resembles the best of all of them ideally right you'd, you'd think okay uh and also episode direct this episode movie is directed by david silverman who is certainly uh, if you're talking about early simpsons i think he is the most notable director they they created um aside from unless you want to unless you want to count brad bird which i don't yeah i don't really count brad bird uh no but you could uh and i but unfortunately i mean like i would have loved for them to 
get Brad Bird, but Brad Bird was busy, you know, making uh, good movies. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. to call the Simpsons movie bad, so it's not bad. Uh, the 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 movie made a box office of of five hundred and thirty six million dollars. Oh boy, that's we, that's almost Marvel money right there. I know. I was like, I did not realize they made that much money. I don't. I, I don't know if I. I don't know if I knew that number at any point. That I had never realized. I thought it was closer to like three hundred, but five over five hundred million dollars on a budget of seventy five million. Of course, that does not call. That doesn't count how much money they spent marketing. It never does. But eh, whatever. There is uh, a chalkboard gag in this Matt, and something that maybe you might want to take note of. I will not illegally download this movie. I actually have this movie on, I believe, DVD and Blu-ray. Wow, physical media. I know. It's, it, look, I'm, I have gotten rid of almost all my DVDs and Blu-rays, all of which I ripped and then uh, you know gave to Goodwill. Uh, but uh, the one things I have kept are my seasons of The Simpsons, uh, the early Family Guy seasons when it was you know kind of good, uh, and The Simpsons movie. Okay, fair enough. Um, but we get um, jump right into the movie. We get. Uh, the 20th Century Fox logo with Ralph singing. Da, 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 da. Um, wow, Robbie, that was an amazing Ralph yeah, impression. Yeah. I, I, for a second, I thought you were Ralph. Shut up. I thought you had recorded it. Matt, shut up. How about you shut up? How about that? Okay. Um, we get, and we, and we get the, we get sort of like a cold open. We don't really get, uh, cause we eventually do get a Simpsons intro, extended Simpsons intro, uh, but it starts like with a cold open, which we don't really get with The Simpsons. So it was a little strange, honestly. But it starts with an Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Uh, with Itchy and Scratchy on the moon, um, Itchy kills him, goes back to Earth, becomes president. Uh, and then apparently Scratchy's still alive, going to uh, reveal that Itchy tried to kill him on the... Okay, Matt, I have... maybe I shouldn't be questioning... In the itchy and scratchy cartoon, but no, you really shouldn't because it doesn't make any sense. Because it's like who's who's scratchy going to tell all the other little itchies? Because like, <laughs> like I don't know if we realize this, but the, there are no other cats. Like all, all the other people are are mouse mice, like itchy. So and also care. They went to the moon. Like if only one of them came back, what ha- what happened? <laughs> You know, well, like, it was what, an accident. So Scratchy's going to come like, back and tell them that uh, it wasn't an accident. I guess. I mean, imagine like if we, like NASA, sent some people to the moon, and is, they sent two people to the moon. What if, like, and so what if, we, like, let's say Apollo, uh, Apollo eleven, uh, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, uh, they go to pick him up, but only, but only Neil comes back. <laughs> He's like, uh what happened to buzz you know like they're gonna <laughs> and like but whatever uh itchy is the president so he launches all the all their missiles at the moon explodes um poor scratchy this is a, it's a pretty good itchy and scratchy cartoon i will give it them is. that if you enjoy the concept of itchy and scratchy you will like this yeah this it's fun it's a night it's it's like a period piece itchy and scratchy which i like even more than their normal uh, whenever we get an itchy and scratchy that is like stylized, I really like it, and this is their take on that. Um, but at this point, we we watch Scratchy explode from like eating a hundred missiles, and then we pop out to a movie theater where it is revealed that the Simpsons family are watching the itchy and scratchy on a movie screen, and Homer stands up and is outraged that he is watching a movie 
that he used to be able to watch for free on TV because get it? This is it's a it's a meta joke. It's a this is their it's a meta joke. It's a meta yeah. joke. Yeah, and it's fine. It's fine. Um, and this is when we segue into the official intro where we have the extra long theme song by Green Day, which I considered pulling, but it's really not anything special. It's I'm just, sure it's on YouTube. It's just the Simpsons theme done by Green Day. Yeah, I don't know. It's just some there's some guitars in there and then they go they do some punk chants and stuff like that. But that's it. Um, and this is where we get the chalkboard gag and uh, like the Simpsons movie and like, oh, like a lot of the fun sight gags. I'll say this, uh, this Simpsons, the Simpsons movie is not perfect. I will say this up into this point, the Simpsons have never looked this good. No, I mean, like there are way more shadows. There's more depth. There's, I honestly, there are more, uh, uh, frames per second than it feels like there usually are. All the animation is much smoother than usual. Yes, they, they they you know they spent a lot of money on it and it and it shows the animation is top notch, um, and there's 3D animation in this as well and they it doesn't stand out like you know when you think about Futurama's 3D animation there's a times where it's like oh that's kind of clunky, um, it doesn't stand out in this in the movie it in it looks great everything looks great I will no matter what I have whatever complaints I have about the movie it always looks incredible. Um, and this is our first celebrity guest. We'll get a few more as we go. Um, but Green Day is here, um, playing on Lake, is it just Lake Springfield, right? Yes, just Lake Springfield. On a barge. You know, where people can't get to them unless they throw things. I guess. I don't know why they're, (laughs) why are they on a barge? Um, but they're on a barge, they're playing, but then, uh, they 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 throw garbage at them, causing the pollution in the lake to erode and sink the band's barge. And I guess Green Day's dead? Yes, Green Day dies. Because we then are at their funeral. Is that what's happening? That is what's happening. I mean, it, okay. I mean I, they're playing, uh, I believe, that it's the American Idiot Funeral Edition is the piece of music they're playing. I do like... I do like... American Idiot on an organ, Matt. I will church organ. Yes. I do like that. I That's mean, a if good Green touch. Day wants to re-release American Idiot in any form, I will purchase it because I love that album. But especially uh, the organ. So you're one of them. I see how it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. This podcast probably isn't, is already going to be long enough. We don't need to have a long form discussion about <laughs> the degradation <laughs> of Green Day's music as he, as they oh, yeah, yeah, lapsed yeah. further and further into just make it being a pop band. Um, but this is the first time, you know, they melt, basically. They <laughs> <laughs> melt. They melt. That's what uh-huh. happens. I'm not making it yeah, up, that's, not, that's how badly polluted the lake is. They melt. But but don't worry. When you clean up the lake, it immediately gets totally better. I. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. This movie is, despite all the names from the, the golden years of the show, this movie is right at home in the teen years of the Simpsons with, I think in like in the context of the feel of Springfield of how realistic the the, the show is. It's very cartoonishness. This episode is this episode. I keep saying that this movie, the movie okay. is very cartoonish. I mean, um, exceptionally. So I feel like that's the influence of people like Mike Scully, who are on the staff who wanted it to be more, silly 
than uh, more of an episode of the golden years. Cause as I mean, we have both seen the movie several times. Uh, I mean, I, I believe we got a commentary track on it at one point for, for a bonus episode, but uh, there are times when it feels very much like a golden years episodes. And there's times where it feels very much like a teen years Simpsons episode. And the beginning especially is very teen years. I mean, it's not, I don't know the, the, the way Homer is characterized, especially in this first third of the, the movie, um, the way, the way they handle a lot of cartoon, there's a lot of cartoonish moments where I'm like, Oh, they certainly had them in the golden years. And we've talked about this a lot, but they it didn't affect it didn't feel like the whole world was that way in this when you're watching this movie you're like oh yeah this is basically just this is the way the whole world is it's cartoonish it's looney tunes at times um i will say this the movie largely still works despite you know it doesn't have the same feel as necessarily as the golden years because the golden years is more grounded but it never I don't know. I think largely because they had such a big writing staff, because they had such a focus on the movie and making sure it was great, knowing that so many people would see it, they really tried to make this movie as tight as they possibly could. Um, it's it's not very long movie. I think it's what only eighty seven minutes, not even three hours. Yeah, it's like just short of ninety. Not even th- not even hour and a half. <laughs> no hour and a half words, Matt. I'm having trouble. Uh huh. I'm having uh-huh. real trouble today, guys. So. But you, it starts right here, where you're literally watching Green Day melt. And then we just go into their funeral at... Why are they having a funeral in Springfield? It doesn't... None of this makes any sense. Uh, it's all immediately forgotten. Well, obviously, you have a funeral where they died, Robbie. That's that's the way it works. That's literally, literally the opposite, Matt. Uh, it's literally the opposite of that, but whatever. Uh, the funeral is... But the funeral doesn't even take place. Like, we don't have a funeral. We just are at church. Uh, and we have seen a funeral, like fu- the funeral version of American Idiot played on the organ, but there's no caskets, are there? I mean, not that I saw. Exactly. So I don't know what's happening. Um, but you're getting the taste right away of this is what the, this movie is going to be. Um, but I think there's also, I think, a I don't know if this was a conscious choice on the show, but I have to assume it's a conscious choice with the movie they are trying to reach a broad audience it certainly seems that way yeah they are trying to hit as big a a, 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 like this feels very much like not necessarily them writing the funniest thing they can think of it feels very much like what do people expect from the simpsons let's give them that exactly and i will say this this does introduce one of the main themes of the movie which is about the environment in the loosest way possible, it's not really. It doesn't really say anything about the environment by the end of the day, the end of the movie, really. But it does bring up the idea of it early, right away, where we see Green Day melt in a polluted lake, and we cut right to the church. Uh, we see Homer and Marge and the kids arrive late. Um, is Homer suddenly an atheist, Matt? I think Homer hates church and i believe that is what we're getting at here okay it just feels like he literally like he calls he says something about a, their phony god or something he literally says yes that. yes and i'm like what am i supposed to believe about homer with this um but we go to church everyone's homer's bored always of course um of course of course but we get 
uh, Revelin Joy, he's appealing to the audience. He is his congregation. He wants them to speak. He wants them to open their hearts to God, blah, 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 blah. And this is where we get our first plot ticket, uh, effectively, and where we see Grandpa kind of lose it and start spouting off prophecy. Feel the spirit. Let it out. Horrible, horrible things are going to happen. And they're going to happen to you, and you, and you, and you. <gasps> oh, Nelly. <laughs> People of Springfield, heed this warning. Twisted tail, a thousand eyes, trapped forever. Dad, do something! This book doesn't have any answers! Beware! Beware! Time is short! Epa! 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 Believe me! Believe me! Thanks for listening! Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um... So we don't know what Grandpa means by all this. <laughs> we have no clue. Well, we've seen the movie before, so we do know. But, you know, for if you're watching the movie for the first time, Grandpa is just yelling random nonsense, and then he gets rolled up in a carpet and dragged away. Which I don't necessarily... It's not bad. It's not a bad <laughs> gag. They just roll him up in a carpet, uh, and immediately everyone wants to move on. Everyone wants to go get pancakes, literally. Which, not a, not, I'm not... Not argument against pancakes. Pancakes are great. Um, Mars is the only one who's taking this seriously. Um, she thinks that Abe has had a genuine religious experience, and she uh, she is going to be carrying this. I don't know. This basically that thread forward, um, right? Because no one else cares about what happens to Abe. Abe is just screaming. Everyone else ignores it. For some reason, Marge is obsessed with it, and. It, honestly doesn't really go anywhere uh for the rest of the movie it's just marge who is known to be the the warrior of the group uh she's the one who says oh you know something bad is going to happen with this and then it's just kind of forgotten once all of it comes true i mean i think it's i think it does achieve this matt i think it is setting setting kind of giving us a, a ticking clock giving us this idea of like oh this is ominous and letting marge's worry give us that something in our back burner in our mind as we're watching the movie and giving us a little bit uh something to look out for as we continue on you know like oh no there's going to be something bad's going to happen letting that kind of carry around in the background while frankly the you know first 20 or so minutes of this movie it's mostly just like random gags you know it's a lot of homer doing gags with a pig like there's not a lot of like plot happening you know so at least at first glance i think having that prophecy aspect of the of the movie up front does establish like oh something is working behind the scenes is it god is it just random chance that grandpa knows his grandpa have magic powers whatever doesn't really matter um it lets that kind of ominous feeling carry through what is a very light first third of the movie for the most part you know it doesn't it lets kind of that carry over as lisa and and homer do their thing 
Um, because the literally because the next scene after they go to pa- get pancakes and leave Abe in the car, uh, is Homer doing his quote unquote chores. Um, which do how say this bad also. Hey, the sinkhole comes back. That's true. They set the sinkhole and then it comes back. So Homer fixes the sinkhole by putting uh, a baby in it, which is I would not suggest doing that in real life. Um, but that's nope, a, that doesn't help. Again, this is like the this sinkhole stuff. Very cartoonish. Very silly. Um, he's reshingling a roof and has a dare contest with Bart. Also very silly. Full of cartoon violence. Um, there is like a little interesting thing here with Bart and Flanders. I think that I think is a little interesting. I wish they would. I wish also that it. I mean, they can't really develop it more because Flanders is trapped in the dome uh, <laughs> after the, it drops. But I think there is an interesting like they are setting up things for later in the film. You know, like that. I, I cannot make that criticism of the movie is like, no, they are clearly establishing all this stuff. It is making sense. It, like some of it seems very light and fluffy at first glance. But no, there is there is there is reason here. There is meaning because um, we see Homer and Bart and this is like literally the most car- like I think this is the thing that when you when I say to start off this episode say oh this is so still set in the teen seasons of the Simpsons all I have to do is point at Homer really I don't have to do anything else Homer is a child <laughs> yeah because I think that's one of the easiest ways you can identify the teen years of the Simpsons like you said is Homer's behavior does Homer act like a person or at best a child and at worst a chaotic force of nature who, you know, wouldn't be out of uh, place in Greek mythology. Like, <laughs> does he act like a satyr, basically? Uh, yes, then you're in a teen year Simpson episode. And so, the, like, it's obvious here where he's like, he's like, he's choking Bart. They're having dare contests. They're shooting each other with BB guns. Like, Homer's hitting Bart with a hammer. Like, it's things like this. It's just so silly. And Flanders is like a voice of reason saying, like, aren't you going to, you're going to cripple your boy? And Homer's like, eh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we cut over to Lisa. So uh, Lisa really hasn't done anything up until this point in the movie. And here we see basically her introduction where she is carrying on this the themes of environmentalism and et cetera, et cetera. Very Lisa thing, which I will give them credit for that. Um, she's going door to door talking about the polluted lake and how they need to fix it. They need to clean it up. And uh, no one wants to no one wants to be bothered by this which i get it yeah it's like if you're at home just relaxing you don't want to be bothered by somebody coming to your door like that may have been a thing back in like the 50s 60s maybe even 70s but come on we've got better things to do now. there are better ways to reach people if i didn't invite you to my house i'm not letting you in my i'm not open the door for you it's as simple as that exactly i don't care who you are if you're not delivering me something or i mean to be fair i did i basically invited those people by ordering something so yeah if you're not yeah, I'm not, I don't care what you're. Oh, you you want to help? That's good. I don't. I I will help. You, why don't you email me? I think that's the best way to reach me. Mm-hmm. I'll probably also delete your email, but whatever. Um, everyone, and maybe don't be don't be so preachy, Lisa. I'm gonna say that. Like, I agree with Lisa technically, but preachy. Please stop. Stop telling me that I'm. I need to do something else. Like, I'm trying, man. I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, she's going door to door. Getting getting door slammed in her face. She runs into Millhouse. Millhouse, you know, oh, I'm gonna help you. You know, Millhouse is faking interest in environmentalism to get closer to Lisa. Uh, he gets beaten up by Nelson because <laughs> Nelson 
asks him to tells him to to say that climate change is a myth, and Milhouse does, and then Nelson punches him for going back on his beliefs, selling out his values. Yeah, yeah. how I mean, to be fair, I'm like, yeah, you got a point, Nelson. You should, you yeah, right. Should, you probably should punch him. Uh, but Lisa's there with Mel's when she runs into her her uh, a new character and one we haven't met before. Uh, just for the movie, uh, her new beau, you might say, and that's Colin. Oh, poor Melhouse. Dream coming true. Are you aware that a leaky faucet can waste over two thousand gallons a year? And turning off your lights can save enough energy to power Pittsburgh. And if we just kept our thermostats at sixty-eight in the winter, we'd be free from our dependency on foreign oil in seventeen years. I'm Colin. <sighs> I haven't seen you at school. Just moved from Ireland. My dad's a musician. Is he? He's not Bono. I just thought because you're Irish and you care about. He's not Bono. Do you play? Just piano, guitar, trumpet, drums, and bass. He's pure gold. For once in your life, be cool. So, is your name as pretty as your face? Oh. <laughs> you okay there? Um, Lisa's a little mm-hmm. bit smitten by Colin. A little bit. Also, I think it's funny that Lisa and Colin are spending all their time trying to get individual people to, uh, you know, uh, curtail their usage uh, instead of going after the huge electricity users and producers. But, you know, whatever. They're kids. They're dumb. Yeah, was, I'm like, I don't know. I'm at this point. I'm like, my, uh, like, no matter how much cardboard, dude, how many uh, cardboard or cans to put in recycling, I can't even touch like, you know, big old big giant corporation. Um, there's nothing mm-hmm. I can. I'm a little tiny drop in the bucket. Um, They are kids. Uh, but that's where we're not going to commercial. There are no commercials in the movie, but this is where I'm going to pass it over to Matt for our quote unquote act two of part one. And act two starts real dumb. So just be prepared. So uh, <laughs> this is where we split it. Uh, we at this point, we transition back to uh, Marge, who is trying to figure out Abe's rantings. Uh, comic book guy is there with her for some reason. I mean, the reason they give the movie is that uh, Marge is giving him her pregnancy pants, which, okay. Gotta love the the jokes about heavy people. That's real great. Thanks. Thanks, Simpsons. Uh, They can't figure it out, but Marge is doing her best. Outside, Homer and Bart are still doing dares. Apparently, this dare involved Homer carrying bricks on his back while Bart shoots him with what I hope is a BB gun. Maybe even less in some way, but okay. It's like a pellet gun, a BB gun, something like that. I, think. I mean, a pellet gun at that range is still going to break the skin. Even a BB gun might break the skin. No, so no, no they're, the car- they're cartoon characters, so it's fine. They can't get hurt. Oh, that's right. That's right. They can't actually be harmed. Yeah, the, that again, this is, again, a perfect uh, demonstration of, like, no, this is, they're clearly not going for a grounded uh, sense of reality. This is not, this is just re- kind of ridiculousness. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because I feel like uh, the... <sighs> core of the movie what's actually happening feels very golden years it feels kind of epic in scope it feels semi-realistic uh there's some a lot of uh commentary on issues and once you get towards the end of the movie there's a lot of heartfelt emotion uh between the main characters but when they go like to the side let's let's insert a joke real quick it's very teen years like it's like their joking sensibilities uh are are, you know where the were when they made this but the they brought in like the heavy hitters to write the core parts and then just left the fleshing out to the current writers. And it really seems like that's what they did. It, it really brings the movie down, quite frankly. Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry, did you want to add to that, Robbie? No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a very, it is simply a product 
it's a thing we're going to be talking about a lot when we're talking about the movie, but it's just a product of what it was made. You know, they, they were thinking about making a movie back in the 90s, and I believe Marge vs. the Monorail was the original will make a movie with this plot. You know, it'll be the Marge vs. the Monorail plot, which would have been incredible. I would have loved Marge vs. the Monorail, but as a movie, we would have gotten, you know, mm-hmm. so much more of of a... Of, of that just on a bigger scale um but you know they it got pushed away and it's complicated making a movie versus a 20-minute television show um and it's they can't help that they made it now then you know in in that time period it was oh we're making it now in the midst of the teen seasons of the simpsons and i don't think they could really escape it um and to be fair even if you do bring all those guys back and tell them hey write a movie there's still going to be that influence of, oh, well, this is how we do it. You know, this is how the writer room works now. Uh, this is how we're going to make this thing. It just, ugh. it's, it, it, it's not bad necessarily. There's still a lot of really good gags in here. It's just, there's also those gags where you go, oh, right. That's, I, and I think it does not feel that way as much. And I certainly wouldn't have that mindset if I hadn't just been watching, you know, season 16, 17, 18 and seen that stuff over and over and over again. It's very difficult to separate it out. And I think honestly, I think this first act is the first act. Our first part of this movie, the first 30 minutes or so are the most like it. I think it's the most silliest. It's the silliest part of the movie because after our this first 30 minutes effectively is when it starts getting more serious when the plot arrives. So I, you know, it's not as it, it, it gets better. I think the movie as it goes along. So eh. it does. It does. In the beginning, I think I don't want to call it filler, but there's a lot more jokes in the beginning and a lot less plot. Uh, but we're we're gonna get to some plot here. It's it's tangentially related, but it's there. Um, I mean, because the next literally we're gonna get to, <laughs> with Bart get to on, with Bart theme. on his skateboard. We're literally gonna get to some plot. Uh, exactly. So Homer dares Bart to skateboard to Krusty Burger and back while naked. Um, so Bart, of course, does this immediately because Bart doesn't ever refuse a dare, apparently. And there's lots of contrivances along the way to get in the way of Bart's, you know, his area. His doodle, man. Use the word. Doodle, you can use yes, the word they doodle, use. Bart bad. uses the word doodle. Which I, doodles, uh, good, that's a good funny word. That's a good uh, penis, it is. penis it's word. It's word. Good funny uh-huh. penis word. So they, doodle. They, they go back and forth. All, lots of things are in the way. And then finally, like right before the sequence ends, uh, they just show it. They're just like, oh, <laughs> you thought we weren't going to show it. It's a movie. We're allowed to do this. And so they show it. Um, and it's. Is it? Matt, okay, I'm going to ask this. Obviously, whatever. It's a cartoon, 10 year old penis, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Twigs, twig and berries. Um, but is it real? Do you think there is more to it than we can do this? So we will. I don't think so, though. No. I think they were just like, hey, you know, obviously we can't get away with this on TV, but it's a movie. So we can. So we're going to. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, of course, Bart gets in trouble for this because Bart always has to eventually get in trouble for his schemes for the plot to move along. Uh, and he gets arrested as soon as he gets there. Uh, he basically crashes directly into the side of the Krusty Burger into the window. He is scraped off by Lou, who comments about uh, always wanting to be naked in public, but resisting the urge, which I thought was pretty hilarious, actually. Uh, he is then... <laughs> handcuffed around a flagpole while still naked and then the cops go inside to have lunch uh because yeah yeah okay um because that's springfield police for you yeah 
Nelson begins laughing at him for an extended period of time. Uh, and then uh, Nelson's mom shows up to laugh at him after Nelson has been laughing for what appears to have been hours because the sun is at a different place in the sky. Uh, but then Homer shows up and it gets immeasurably worse. Dad! What seems to be the problem, officer? Tell him you dared me to do it. If that's true, then you should be taking the rap here, not your son. And what happens to me if it's my fault? You'll have to attend a one-hour parenting class. It was all his idea. He's out of control, I tell you. Well, I'm at my wit's end. It's so fun. <laughs> okay, son, let's get some lunch. Did you at least bring my clothes? Shirt, socks, everything you need. You didn't bring my pants. Who am I, Tommy Bahama? Oh, this is the worst day of my life. It's the worst day of your life so far. So, uh, one... <laughs> It's Homer's fault either way. Uh, either he can't control his child or he put him up to this. And either way, Homer would be the one getting in trouble. But this is a movie. We're, we're beside that. Uh, um, hey, well, let's not. I don't know about that, uh, man. They're, they're, this is a movie's excuse. I don't want to hear it because that's what you used to say about the, when they do in the show, too. It's like, oh, this is a TV show. Right. But uh, it is still Homer's fault. But I, I think this is largely just I think this is the same ethos of like, oh, well, Homer is not an adult effectively right we can't hold homer responsible for pretty much anything and he's not going to volunteer to be held responsible for anything because that's that's homer's character now in the teen seasons well i will also i'm gonna as we go through this i'm gonna i think there we should keep a keen eye on this because i want to see if this shifts throughout the movie like this is a thing we can't really do normally on you know our normal episodes because we're just doing a single episode and then it shifts to a new episode next week but with a movie we're doing three parts the second you know the two the last the latter two-thirds of the film does the film start calling out homer on this you know is this turning into that you know this is a way for the film to like make that kind of make a meta commentary uh, about what homer has become which is what i think if i was making the film i think that would be a great idea where you start off with Homer as this character we have made him into in season 18, 17, 16, teen years. And as the movie goes along, it calls him like, oh, you're not being responsible. Like, are you an adult? Are you a dad? Et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's something we can watch as we go along and make notes. We will definitely endeavor to do so. Mm -hmm. um, but at this point... Um... I wanted to call out real quick uh, the music in the movie. You can tell is much more detailed because there is little musical stings behind almost the entire clip I just played. And it's literally just Homer talking to the police and Bart and going back and forth. And that's not a place they would have invested in, uh, you know, a real orchestral score in an episode. But they do in the movie. And the movie background is much more musical than any episode would be. And it's one of those little, uh, like the smoother animation, the more detailed shadows and things like that, so the, where you can tell they've upped the production quality a good bit. So it's one of the, the cool things to try to, you know, pay attention to. And I think it's, a, I mean, that's a part of the greater whole and that makes the, makes it feel more full, you know, like it makes it feel more realized, which I think adds to that feeling of the, like, despite the fact that it does have a lot of hallmarks of, the bad years, the worst years of the Simpsons, it still doesn't feel there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff around the edges that also elevates it 
And that is one of those things, those little musical cues. And like, it feels like they spent a lot of time on this. They spent a lot of time with the music, a lot of time with the animation. And it makes it like a full realized thing. It really does. So uh, at this point, now that Homer has blamed Bart and Bart apparently has a court date now and Homer doesn't for somehow. Uh, they go inside uh, where Flanders notices that Bart doesn't have any pants and offers Bart a pair of pants that he keeps on on hand because, you know, how boys are. They'll run through the knees. They'll have accidents. They'll lose their pants in a bed. You know, just boys things. I Boys will be boys. And all. Can I want to say this too, Matt? This, huh? I, this is so – I am so, so happy. This is like watching the movie. I have complaints, but this is – this Flanders – is so this is the Flanders great. that he should have been. This is so great. This Flanders is so great. He's just where, yeah, he's just a nice, kind guy. And sure, he's religious. And they do make jokes about that from time to time. Like, there's a joke here where he's like, you know how kids wear out their, with knees with praying. And you're like, okay, it's <laughs> not bad. That's not a bad gag. But also, like, he's just, he's like, hey, Bart, do you want to, do you need pants here? I have pants. And like... That is the thing that is like, oh, actually, if you have young kids, it does pay off to have change of clothes uh, ready for it for them. So this makes perfect sense. And it adds to that the, the kind of layer of like, oh, everyone's kind of getting separated from Homer. You know, Homer's being left on his own eventually as he's alienating other parts of the family. And I think that's we're seeing that early on here with Bart. And it, it, can t- it makes you realize how much plotting they must have done ahead of time uh, for the movie. And it feels like the kind of plotting they seemingly don't do uh, when making the <laughs> TV show at this, at this stage of, of production. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like I said, this is Flanders being a good neighbor and a great father. Uh, and that's one of the ways because, you know, traditionally, uh, like Robbie said, uh, Homer has been very close to Bart, less so with Lisa and Marge and Maggie and all that. So it's more it's easier for Homer to be estranged from them and us to believe it. But from Bart, Bart and Homer just go together. Uh, so laying this groundwork early makes it easier for us as you know viewers uh, of the movie to accept the fact that Homer is eventually separated out on his own. Uh, anyway, so uh, Bart offers him, uh, offers Bart the pants. Bart takes it. Uh, meanwhile, Krusty is doing a commercial in the restaurant. Uh, with a pig because it's he's making a a burger that has every type of pork on it. So, you know, bacon, ham, uh, pork loin, I'm pretty sure. Uh, for the picture, <laughs> Krusty takes a big bite, and then as soon as they're done filming, spits it out and then says, kill the pig. Because that's exactly what Krusty would do. He wouldn't rent a pig. He'd just buy one and then kill it. Uh, Homer, however, decides that this is not going to happen on his watch, so he takes the pig. And here's where we get, in my opinion, one of the stupidest parts of the movie, the pig. Robbie, do you have any commentary on that? I think Spider Pig. Uh-huh. Spider Pig, Spider Pig, all that stuff. Harry, Harry Plop- Plopper. Harry Plopper, all that stuff is, it's the thing that you immediately, it's the most, it's like a very easily, it's memorable. Not, memorable does not necessarily mean good. I want to add, like usually people use the word memorable to mean like, oh, it was great. I remember, I'm going to remember it forever. Uh, spider you know homer singing spider pig is is memorable because you know the theme to spider-man because despite the fact that i was born well after the original spider-man tv show is on everyone knows the theme song somehow it's just repeated 
Uh, it's one of those memes that have, have traveled throughout society and will never die. Yeah, it literally is. Like, it, in, in the truest sense of the word, a meme, not just like the memes that we think about now where it's just like a picture. It is like literally a memetic, uh, a memetic idea that somehow is just propagated. And I think it is really a product of, I, I will speak for me when I, like I just said, watch so much of these teen seasons, you know, over and over, right all in a row, and I'm fed up with them. And you watch the movie and you're like, and then you, and you get a scene like the one we just got with Flanders offering Bart a pair of pants and, uh, and how good the movie looks and how good it sounds. And there's clearly thought and, and, and all that stuff. And then you get a scene with spider pig and you're like, I could just point to that and say here, this is the worst part of the teen season year. It's just nonsense, you know, and they use the spider pig stuff to further the plot which is you know that's what the teen seasons largely well, don't do but right they they're it's completely disconnected but the problem is they could have furthered the plot without using the spider pig stuff at all yes but it's very silly and that is where i go this is them this is a very obvious attempt at broadening their audience and like i think at like oh we want to appeal to everyone so what will appeal to everyone oh homer sings a weird version of a very recognizable tv theme song and i think it's not that this has never been done in the simpsons before i can think of two easy comparisons um in two different ways one is homer adopting an animal that was meant to be slaughtered um but in the first case it's a lobster it's not a pig, you know? Yeah, which is, the, is even weirder because it's oh, it, you can see a pig being a, a fun pet that Homer would enjoy because lots of people have pigs as pets. Yeah. Not as many as cats and dogs, obviously, but a lobster is absurdly extreme. And the and like that's the thing, Matt, where you're like, oh, that's not appealing. That's like that. That is some writer going, you know, what would be really weird and funny if Homer adopts some lobster uh, and it treats it like a pet, despite the fact that a lobster is like a giant sea cockroach and is gross uh and is not appeal does not appeal to like the like you look at a pig and you can easily it appeals to that sense of like no i don't want that thing to get hurt i want i want to protect it because it's cute look at its eyes like it it, it looks like a, a loving beautiful animal i don't want it to be slaughtered a lobster doesn't i you don't like i can't like i'm i'm i don't want animals to be hurt but if you killed a lobster in front of me i would go okay you killed a bug like it's not there's no i don't have any sympathy for a lobster um and the fact that in that episode homer adopts that lobster and we see it from his perspective where it looks all cartoonish and stuff you know it looks all cute it has that we, we see homer's view of it and he's like oh my cute little friend and marge sees it and it's like a big bug <laughs> like how lobsters yeah. really look and that I it speaks immediately to how they designed uh, Spider Pig, whatever we want to call him, um, the pig, because he looks cute. He has big eyes. He has hair. Like he has a haircut, which Homer is styling in a, in, a, in like a scene or two from now. Um, it is clearly them going. We want to make this animal look human, and we want it to. We want people to to attach themselves to this this pig, um, which is. Again, a very mainstream idea. Like you see it in a bunch of animated films, they make animals look cute and like humans, so we can attach ourselves to them. Um, but it is not what they do in the show in the Golden Years with a weird monster, little bug 
lobster guy that Homer takes in as a pet. So that's one. Here's the other aspect. The the TV theme song. Because I, right off the top of my head, I think, you know, obviously I think of uh, uh, na 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 leader, you know? I think of, I think of that. <laughs> exactly. But that is in regards, the context to it is so different, where Homer is in a cult, and they're using Homer's own obsession with pop culture to indoctrinate him into a cult and like at a service at, at, at a at a glance at service value you go oh it's just them using another tv theme song you know to so you remember it and you attach you say like oh i get attached to this this but in the 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 television show it is literally used the the same reason where we recognize it is the same reason that homer is it's working on homer to get him indoctrinated into this cult there's layers it there's like oh it makes you think you go oh wait i recognize this and but because i recognize this is the same reason it's working on homer in the movie homer sings spider pig and it is literally just a reference so that you go oh spider pig it's like spider-man it's like spider-man and then because it, it slips in as something familiar but slightly different uh, you begin to think about it in ways you wouldn't if it was completely unfamiliar to you. It's basically how uh, audible marketing works uh, these days, because if you, you uh, reference something familiar, it gets in past people's ordinary defenses against advertising, and then they begin to think about it, and people thinking about your product is what you want. And so the Simpsons here have used that to, you know, create something horrible. Well, it's also just, this is, but it's, I mean, to me, this is just surface, it's surface level reference. This is family guy, you know? The complaints we have about Family Guy is like, oh, it's just referencing something so that you know it. You know, like it's not any, there's no other, there's no layer to it. Like I can point to that lobster. I can point to not a, not a, not a, not a leader. I can point to those two things. Each of them are doing something. There's another layer to each of them. It might just be one more layer, but there it is. You dig down and there's something else. There's nothing else to this. There's no there, there to this. It is just spider pig. And you know, like I, this might be the most recognizable thing from the movie to the average person. If you ask the average person to think about the Simpsons movie, if they have, if they've seen it, they probably think about spider pig, which I don't think is good. <laughs> like I, this spider pig, I, I, I don't know. It is not what I like about the Simpsons. Um, it's not, I don't know. It's, I will say this in the slight defense of it in that, this is not it does is used in further to further plot and it also it is not it is not used nearly as often like you know if this was in a in the in an episode of the television show it'd probably go on for 5 minutes because it feels like that's all they do is just do a bit for 5 minutes and then run out of ideas and end the episode uh this is relatively short uh they move it over they change it to Harry Plopper and it is furthering the plot it it stands out in the movie because it's so silly and cartoonish. Um, but in actuality, this is no different than, you know, Furious D. It's the same thing. Yeah. And people get upset about that. But people like the movie. And, it, like, largely it's context, you know? The rest of the movie is... I, this might be... The the worst thing in the movie might be this, honestly. Um, which isn't... Which makes it not that bad. Because it does go by relatively quick. Thankfully. So, despite the fact that I just took 10 minutes to talk about it, well, it goes by quicker than that because so Homer takes the pig, then takes it home. Uh, and then Marge, 
uh, is immediately taken aback by Spider Pig. A thousand eyes. What could that be? Hmm, I'm pretty sure a thousand is a number. Hey, Marge, isn't it great being married to someone who's recklessly impulsive? Actually, it's aged me horribly. Then say hello to the newest Simpson. <gasps> Homer! I believe what happened in church was a warning about precisely this. Please, get rid of that pig. Oh, you're going to love him. Look, he does an impression of you. <laughs> you nailed her. He also does me. <laughs> you smiled. I'm off the hook. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Homer is off the hook because Marge smiled. That's how that works. You do something horribly stupid, but as long as you can make the other person laugh a tiny bit, you can't get in trouble for it. This tells us a lot about <laughs> Homer, I guess, and the way people expect him to be treated. So, thankfully, this goes over pretty quickly, and then we're back to the Bart and Flanders and Homer triptych, as it were. Uh, Bart is outside of his treehouse, watching Homer spend hours and hours with the pig uh, that he could be spending with his son, but is obviously not. Um, meanwhile, uh, Bart is watching Flanders uh, tuck his boys in after, you know, giving them hot cocoa and cookies and then cleaning up after them. And uh, I really should have captured this, but it's it's pretty basic. Uh, Flanders notices Bart out there uh, and says, hey, you know, um, I've noticed that your dad isn't really around for you all that much. Uh, but if you want, we can go fishing sometime. And Bart thinks back to when he went fishing with Homer and how horrible it was and says, no thanks. But then Flanders subtly says, it'll be different with me. Just try it. And Bart says, okay, fine. Uh, Flanders then offers Bart cocoa and Bart says, no, he doesn't need cocoa. He's a big boy or, you know, the same thing that, that, you know, little boys use. Uh, but then Homer or uh, Flanders makes him the fanciest cocoa I have ever seen. Uh, I believe that it starts with cocoa and then whipped cream. And then he uh, grates some cinnamon uh, or nutmeg, a little more like cinnamon uh, on top of it. Uh, he then puts a uh, little piece of graham cracker, right, Robbie? I, I would qualify that as something like a, like it's like a wafer. Or something. It's like a, like a, it's a not, wafer, I wouldn't, idea. I would not call it a graham cracker. I would call it like, it's like a cookie. There's like a, it's like layers to it. So it's like a. Okay. Okay. So some like kind a, of cookie he puts on there. Then he spears a marshmallow on top of that and then toasts the marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> and then leaves it in the windowsill. Uh, Bart then skitters over to it, drinks it and says it's, uh, his last words are, oh my God, <laughs> because. That is the fanciest cocoa I've ever seen in my life and looks really, really I, good, even though I don't like hot beverages. Okay, wait a minute, Matt. Wait, wait, wait a second. We've been over this again and again. I don't like hot liquids, okay? That is not... We have not... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We have not been over this. I have no idea. Okay, okay. Maybe For you have you been over this. Have you have heard me talk about this before. Write in and let Robbie know that he is wrong. <laughs> Uh, please don't do that. I prefer to not ever hear that I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I prefer not to hear that. Uh, we know, Robbie. We know. <laughs> but no hot beverages? Zero? No, there are not... zero hot beverages that I enjoy. What? No tea, no coffee, no hot cocoa. Like, if it's really cold, I might try some hot cocoa with milk, but that's that's it. What do you mean, not if it's cold? I mean, obviously, you drink them most when they're cold, but it's not like... 
I'm not. This is not not boiling hot. Comfortably hot. That is what we're established, right? Comfortably. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't ever okay. want to put hot liquids okay. inside of me. Okay, so Matt's wife does listen to every episode of our podcast, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say I'm speaking directly to you. Uh, I'm so sorry. Hey, she can have all the coffee and tea and hot cocoa that she wants. She likes all of those things. I mean, Matt. To be I fair, I try like, it and I just can't. I be fair, Matt. That's yeah. I, she, she can. I can as well. That's it's called being an adult. You can just do whatever you want. You don't need. You can just you know have whatever you want all the time. That's what it's. It, it's a pretty good thing about being an adult. I want to be very clear. You just yeah. It's one of the, the many good things about it, being. An adult. You just do whatever you want. It's great. Honestly, I can just like if I want French fries, I can just go get French fries. It's complicated because I shouldn't, but yeah, exactly. You have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> consequences. Anyway, Come back you don't want to talk about. I here what I was gonna say, Matt. Before you, you brought up the idea of like I hate hot beverages because I'm some sort of uh, monstrous creature. Uh, uh-huh. I'm perfectly. I think that at any point, like this is the thing that's happened to the to the television show over the years, where. They are they clearly are just flexing. They're like, how nice can we look make this food look? You know, it's a thing <laughs> that I associate with Studio Ghibli films. Uh, yeah, uh, primarily, you know, this amazing the food looks amazing. I don't know what it is. I'm hungry. I want to eat it. Um, I feel like this is them just going like we need we want to go over the top. And they didn't need to include, you know, Bart saying, oh, my God. But they did. Uh, and I think this is them just flexing their animation. Like, hey, look, we made this thing look crazy. Yeah, that's true. They made it look like you want it. Like you want to stop the movie, go get some right then. Yeah. So after this, uh, Bart has his transcendent hot cocoa. Uh, and we switch to Marge and Lisa, who Lisa is gushing about Colin. Oh, wait, I didn't tell you the best part. He loves the environment. Oh, wait, I still didn't tell you the best part. He's got an Irish brogue. No, 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 wait, wait, I still didn't tell you the best part. He's not imaginary. Oh, honey, that's great. But the very best thing is that he listens to you because nothing means more than for a man to... How did the pig tracks get on the ceiling? Spider pig, spider pig. Does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out. He is a spider pig. So I had to capture that because, again, as we talked about, spider pig is one of the most memorable things to come out of this uh, entire movie. So for those of you who have forgotten, there you go. I have now infected your minds. (laughs) But, again, we are setting up Uh, the rest of the family's detachment from Homer uh, because we have Marge telling Lisa the important thing is that your partner listens to you, which, hey, Marge, great advice. Maybe you should take that advice. But, of course not, not when Homer is involved. (sighs) So, meanwhile, uh, the next day, uh, so not really meanwhile, but next, uh, Bart goes fishing with Flanders and they're they're doing the normal thing. They're in a little little John boat uh, with, uh, you know, some nice looking fishing rods and Bart eventually gets a bite because he starts out bored, but then gets a bite, and he's super excited, but then loses the pole. Uh, and Flanders actually exclaims, oh no, my good pole, uh, which is what you'd expect when someone drops a very expensive piece of fishing equipment. Bart jumps to the you know uh, posture of being strangled and is confused uh, when that does uh, not happen. Uh, Bart explains that he expected to be strangled, and Flanders is at a loss for when it would ever be okay to lay hands on a child to harm them. Uh for those of you wondering, that's never, never 
ever, I, ever, ever, Matt, ever. Matt, Matt, hmm. I'm really torn about this because this is a very sweet moment. And this is, the, yep. again, again, this is the Flanders that I love. This is the Flanders I like. This, I wish they would write this as Flanders in the TV show at this, at this time. But I, I'm on the record of saying this as well. So, like, yeah, I like this Flanders where he's just like, yeah, he gives Bart a pat on the back. And Bart's like, oh, that's nice. You know, just uh, like a loving affection. Like, that's loving physical affection from a father to a son. That's great. And Homer doesn't give it to him. That's great. Exactly. But you can't treat homer strangling bart as real well you're right uh because it has to be symbolic because if it's real it's horrific and never should have been allowed in the first place so it's they're taking a long-running gag of something that's been i don't know a metaphor a metaphorical representation of homer's i don't even know if it would be called physical abuse and pretending it's actually happening and that just is very discordant it's when it was originally used early in the show season, like even in the Tracy Ullman days, it was always a joke about the honeymooners. It was a joke about those early TV sitcoms and how the husbands would threaten physical violence. And it would be a joke. Isn't it funny that they would threaten their wives or children with physical violence? And no, obviously not. It's not funny to us now. It was a joke then, but that is that was the original like them satirizing that, them poking fun at that the that old sitcom trope that has been that had been established for a long time until we eventually got away from it because we we evolved as a society and you know you know we shouldn't hit people. Uh, <laughs> is it a, abuse hilarious? Um, it, and the show kept it as a reference to that. At least for a while, I think the show did. At a certain point, I think, much like a lot of things in the show, they were detached from their original context, and but the show kept doing them. And therefore, they're just like, oh, well, it's real. I'm like, nah, not really. I don't ever, and whenever I, whenever I have seen it on the show, I had never taken it as Homer's literally strangling Bart. Yeah, but... Every time they point it and act like it's real, I go, oh, that's, I don't think it certainly was not intended that to be when it was or when it was started. It was supposed to be like a wink and a nod to old sitcoms. And when you make Homer literally physically abusive to Bart, it is not this is no longer Homer is just a jerk. Now it is. Oh, Homer is a monster. This is the Homer that, you know, frames his wife for DUI. You know, this is the Homer that abuses his children literally. So you can't, you make that connection. Like I have to disconnect that from Homer because they make this connection. I'm like, I can't, you can't put that in your movie home. That's like, that's nearly irredeemable territory. You know, like if you're going to make a movie about child abuse, (laughs) maybe you could do it, but this is ostensibly a fun movie about the Simpsons and them going on an adventure. (laughs) So uh, don't maybe maybe don't do that. So yeah, that's do all I got. Do that. That's all I got, Matt. That's all I got. All right, all right. That's that's good criticism. Don't put strangling of children in your movie, even it, if it's a joke. I yeah, probably or don't reference it as it's like real. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, I mean, you can reference it in Treehouse of Horrors, which I believe is the last time we saw Bart strangle uh, or Homer strangle Bart was in. Uh, he was strangling the uh, the robot replacement for Bart. 
and they were making jokes about how responsive his neck was or something like that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Flanders, after talking to Bart about the strangling, uh, says the only time you should ever do this, even something remotely like this, to pat a child on the back, uh, which Bart very much enjoys. So we go back to Lisa. Everyone is still dumping things in the lake. We see the crazy cat lady washing her cats in the lake, which uh, don't do. Generally, don't give cats baths unless they have some kind of horrible debilitating condition. It's bad for them. Uh, we see everyone else just dumping all kinds of crazy crap in there, uh, and it's making the lake just completely unusable and downright mutagenic. Uh, so Lisa calls a town meeting to uh, show everyone the amount of... Uh, pollution that's in the lake uh, at least he gets distracted partway through uh because for some reason colin is playing guitar throughout the whole thing uh also there's a surprisingly long joke about the lift not working uh but eventually throughout this town meeting uh lisa convinces the town that they need to clean up lake springfield somehow the town actually takes action and begins to clean up the lake uh and and, and they do so they go out and they collect all the trash and they stop all the dumping and I, somehow that almost immediately cleans up the lake. We're going to gloss over that because, yeah, it's necessary for the plot to work. that The, the lake is clean up until Homer does horrible things. Uh, but that is where we've agreed that uh, we're going to break for Act 3 and Robbie's going to take over. And this, I get, this is, uh, this feels like, I don't know, this feels very much like, hey, we're going to get, they, it feels like they've taken a lot of like prop, plot structures from a lot of other of the lot of episodes and kind of mushed them all together to form a, an omni plot, which is kind of what this movie feels like at times, which not necessarily a bad idea. It, it makes it feel very much representative of the show as a whole, which I think is one of their goals. I think they want the movie to feel like very, I've, we've said it already, very Simpson esque. You want to make it feel like the Simpsons. And so you see, oh, the town banding together. We have like, oh, uh, Lisa getting through to them with the help of Colin's beautiful guitar. And they have cleaned up the lake and put a barrier around it to prevent dumping. Uh, they even have Cletus test it. Idiot. It's idiot proof, man. It, it, definitely idiot proof. Um, so we see uh, Homer still coddling the pig, still, you know, you know, treating it like a child. And Marge's just kind of tired of it. Uh, and also is like, where do you keep his poop? Um, cause pigs are notorious poopers. I mean, is it, I'm a, okay, Matt, if I, let's say I got a dog and I, I got a dog, a big dog. Okay. Uh huh. Got a big dog. Does someone need to ask me where I keep his poop? No, but, uh, pigs poop a lot more than even big dogs. Uh, and, I take this to be that uh, this pig's poop a lot. Marge is aware of this, and um, she knows Homer. So she's asking Homer, hey, I know that pigs poop a lot. Where are you keeping that? What are you doing? Is he just going randomly in the yard? And, of course, this leads to the silo. It does lead to the silo, which uh, I would also point out is like a giant silo in their backyard. I would think Marge would have just looked out their window. Yeah, with, like, with the pig's picture on it, or a drawn version of a pig. Yeah, and like, oh, this is very cartoonish and very silly and very much, this is the stuff that stands out. It's like, okay, and they're trying to get the plot going, they're trying to get this movie kicked off properly, uh, And but this is like, the I think this might be the most groan-worthy stuff. Everything involving Spike, the, the pig, where it's just like, okay, 
we need to, like a bunch of plot contrivances to get this thing going off. So there was there's a big silo full of poop, overfilled with poop. Actually, um, Homer is going to go dump it at Marge's insistence at I guess their te- their chemical dump site in Springfield, which is there. There's a long line for it, so Homer's waiting in line. Uh, when he gets a call from Lenny saying they're giving away donuts because the health inspector shut down Lard Lad, which is not a bad, that's a night, night, not a bad little gag because it's like, you know, the that subtle, not quite, not very subtle, but more subtle idea of like they're shutting it down for health inspection reasons, but come get free donuts from that place. Um, I'm going to, okay, man, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. okay. This hypothetical just came to my mind. You're, you're walking down the street. Or let's say you're going to your favorite donut restaurant, mm-hmm. your favorite bakery, your favorite donut donutery, uh, and someone stops you outside and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, uh, the health we, the health inspector shut us down, uh, but we are giving away free donuts." And they present you with a dozen donuts, uh, and they look great. Do you take them? I would ask why they were shut down because I don't know if you're aware of this, Robbie. Because uh, actually, I just saw an article in our, our local. <laughs> Not the newspaper anymore, but Twitter uh, of some restaurants that were shut down over health code violations. And I looked up what the violations were, and they were incredibly minor. It was like, oh, there was no kitchen manager uh, on uh, uh, like in the kitchen when we showed up, so they were shut down over that. And I'm like, that's that's not really a thing you should shut a restaurant down for. But you know, that's they that's don't the tell rules, you. They so don't they have to. They can't tell you the reason. They won't tell you the reason. Uh, then no, I turn around and walk away. <laughs> I take the donuts. But not Springfield. Not Springfield. I take the donuts, Matt. Um, that's my answer. If they look great, I'm taking uh-huh. them. So Homer leaves uh, the, 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 the proper place to dump the poop and instead drives through a dozen signs saying no dumping uh, and then runs over Hans Moleman and drops the entire silo into the lake. Yeah, real quick, I can't remember if we went over this, but they, they tested the, the barrier on Cletus, the dumbest person. And when they say something's idiot-proof, um, that means even an idiot can do it. Uh, not that an idiot can't do it. So you should really test these kind of things against your smartest person. <laughs> but I expect Springfield to get that wrong. Yeah, I don't have any uh, problem with that necessarily. It's more, you know, and Homer dumps the... I'm just happy that it's we're getting the plot rolling now. Um, so dumps it in the lake, and it immediately... <laughs> The lake immediately turns. You, you, they apparently it was pristine before, uh, but then Homer dumps in probably a, a few hundred pounds of, of pig poop, and suddenly the lake turns into like the sludge monster from uh, what's the what's the the animated movie with the terrible oil monster in it? Um, Not the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> no animated Matt, cartoon uh, for kids. I have no idea. Secret Secret of Nim. Is it Ferngully? Which one is it? Uh, I would assume it's Ferngully because that one's more about pollution. Secret of Nim is about animal testing. <laughs> yeah, it's Ferngully. I'm thinking of Ferngully. It's the oil, Ferngully, yeah. yeah, the Ferngully oil monster. It turns like this lake into that, where it's just like toxic sludge. And I'm like, that's just pig poo. Well, there's, there are tipping points in the environment, Robbie, and pig poo is a they are horrifically bad substance. So you know, fair enough, fair enough. Um. Bart Flanders are at the lake. They're going fishing again, and uh, they run into a product of this lake. Look at that. You can see the four states that border Springfield, Ohio, Nevada, Maine, and Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And if you look real close, you can almost... (laughs) Well, this certainly seems odd, but 
And who am I to question the work of the Almighty? Oh, we thank you, Lord, for this mighty fine intelligent design. Good job. Jabby, jabby, jab, jab, jab. Hey, jab one more eye and it's a federal crime. Who are you? Environmental Protection Agency. Um, there it is, Robbie. There's Epa. I well, they don't I I do want to point this out. I do like this is that they call they say they identify themselves as the Environmental Protection Agency. Not, neither of the agents who are there to take up this little squirrel monster that has a, a hundred eyes, neither of them say EPA at this point. We get that's true. Just, they say Environmental Protection Agency. They say the full thing, and then we see them drive away in a van that says on the side in big letters EPA. So if you're paying attention, it's right there for you. But they don't say it yet, and I think that that's nice. That is artful. That's a that's a that's a nice little touch where they allude to the prophecy but don't outright point it out not yet if you're paying attention you'll notice it so they don't give it away yet they will make it very obvious shortly but at this point it is just a little nod if you're paying attention it is then we meet for the first time russ cargill uh the the head of the epa and we see him uh have a meeting with the president mr president yeah that is me. Pollution in Springfield has reached crisis levels. Ugh, I hate this job. Everything's crisis, this, and end of the world, that. Nobody opens with a joke. I miss Danny DeVito. You want a joke, huh? Stop me if you've heard this one. <laughs> ah, look at those angry eyes and giant teeth. It's like Christmas at the Kennedy compound. You know, sir, when you made me head of the EPA... You were applauded for appointing one of the most successful men in America to the least successful agency in government. And why did I take the job? Because I'm a rich man who wanted to give something back. Not the money, but something. So here is our chance to kick some ass for Mother Earth. I'm listening. Well, I've narrowed your choices down to five unthinkable options. Each will cause untold misery. I pick number three. You don't even want to read them first? I was elected to lead, not to read. Another quote. <laughs> Got another pretty famous quote. I feel, I feel like that's that's uh, that quote can be applied to so many politicians these days. <laughs> yes. Um. So we meet. This is this is uh Russ Cargill, uh, another new character for the movie. This is Albert Brooks, um, doing a great job. Uh, doing a fantastic job, and really makes me want there to be an animated show that he is in every single week because. It would be fantastic. I here here's okay. All right, Matt. I'm gonna. This is not original. I think a lot of people have had this take over the years, including some mm-hmm. of our some of our listeners who have left reviews already. But and I think that we have. I might be. I think I mentioned this in our commentary track back long ago. Uh, so primary question, which I think I already know the answer to, but I'll ask it just for discussion purposes. Why is this not Rainier Wolfcastle? <sighs> I honestly, the only thing that I can think of is that the Simpsons movie was targeted at people who don't normally watch The Simpsons. In addition to Simpsons superfans, or people who have watched The Simpsons casually, and when they decided who this is supposed to be, they decided that, oh, uh, there are going to be a lot of people who see this who have no idea who Rainier Wolfcastle is and don't get that he is a Schwarzenegger analog. So we're going to make him Schwarzenegger directly just to make it easier on people who are not Simpsons fans. My best guess. I think... That is a safe guess, Matt. I think you're right. I will also say I think that is very stupid. 
Well, yeah, because it's obvious. You hear Rainier Wolfcastle talk. It's, oh, he's obviously an Arnold Schwarzenegger analog. Yeah. Okay, so this is my follow-up question, which I don't think is necessarily as, like, this, to me, that should be Rainier Wolfcastle. This should not be a question. There's no, we don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actual man. Unless you got Arnold, if they have Arnold doing the voice, okay. That would be fine. <laughs> okay, I get it. But they don't. They just, they're, it's literally just Rainier Wolfcastle. Make it Rainier Wolfcastle. That is not a debate to me. This is more of a this is more of a debate. I, mean, I think. Honestly, wait, wait. Did they even say his name, or do we only know because of the nameplate on the desk? Uh he. They says. I believe he says President Schwarzenegger. I think he said it oh, out loud. I'm sure, he did. Honestly, I think um, he said Mr. President. Either way, it does say President Schwarzenegger on there. So maybe it is after the fact. They, you know, maybe some executive was like, no one's gonna know who that is. I don't know who that is because I don't watch this. I don't watch. I don't watch The Simpsons. Yeah, I know it's the most, most famous show of all time, but I've never watched it. Who's Who's this guy? Make it Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, here's my uh, follow up, which I think is a little less necessary, but I think would ultimately make the it make a different movie. Um, and that is instead of making this Russ Cargill a new character, just make it Hank Scorpio. That one, I think they have more of a leg to stand on um, because Hank Scorpio was a supervillain. Uh, so unless they wanted like I, I can see them making this Hank Scorpio and then saying, oh, uh, you know, he's doing this as part of his uh, parole or whatever, his giving back. This was part of his punishment. He's a rich man, so he doesn't go to jail. He just has to make up for all the harm he caused. Um but then, of course, you would have to figure out, oh, why doesn't Homer and the entire Simpson family know who this is already? That'd be the one thing. I mean, that's why I mean, you would change the movie. You would write it so that if they know who this is, et cetera, et cetera. It would be a different, you know, the plot would change True. a little bit if it was Hank Scorpio. I I think that you're right. I think this that is more justifiable not to make this Hank Scorpio, making a new character. However, I love Hank Scorpio. <laughs> so I would like I am a Simpsons yeah. fan. I would like more Hank Scorpio, please. Why can't you? <laughs> why isn't he in here? Give me. You got Albert Brooks, man. He has a spot. He was a rich guy. You could put him here. Whatever. Um, he picks. So uh, Springfield's polluted. And this is, I think, the the thing where I like you. They spent a lot of time early on with like all these gags and was just like, again, appealing to more of a, a broader audience and not very much time in like developing why Springfield needs to be basically targeted, attacked by the EPA. Like there's plenty of really polluted cities in the history of the United States, none of them have ever been cordoned off with a giant dome. Uh, and they don't really develop this. It's just literally, oh, Russ Cargill shows up, says, we should do this, Mr. President. And Mr. President goes, okay. And then they do it. And you're like, uh... Well, it's how they make the president not the bad guy, and they make Russ Cargill the bad guy. Yes. And you're like, okay, whatever. It Again, there's not a development here. It's just very clean. But at least the plot's moving out. Uh, less spider pig. So... He picks a plan at random out of the five. I guess number three is the one he picks. And I guess number three is, oh, we drop a giant dome that covers the entire city, uh, which uh, Stephen King, I see you, man, under the dome. <laughs> like, you're, I, we, come on, man. Just, did you literally just watch the Simpsons movie and went, eh, I can make that, but horror? I think so. I feel like it's one of those things that is a very common trope. Oh, this town gets isolated. What are the different ways you can isolate a town? Oh, a dome. People have thought about that before. The Simpsons weren't the first. Stephen King wasn't the first. All right. Keep it. I'm watching you, Stephen King. Okay. Keep an eye on you. 
You're watching for him to steal more episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. There was an episode where uh, they got trapped on an island at the end. Mo saved them. Yeah. We'll make that into Actually, that would be a pretty good Stephen King short story. Uh, I mean, there's... Stephen King, call us. There is... I mean, there is a Stephen King short story where a guy gets trapped on an island. It's called Survivor Type. It's really good, actually. That's oh, not the, oh. No one gets rescued, though. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> Well, no one should have been rescued on that island. Yeah, no one knew the kids were on yeah. that island. So. Um, Especially Mo. Anyway. So, we get a long sequence here uh, where we are watching the dome get flown over with, like, 50 helicopters all flying this massive dome and dropping it, lowering it down over Springfield. We get a lot of gags here. Um, we the, 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 the churchgoers and Mo and the people at Moe's switch places. Uh, you know, all the drunks go to church and all the church goes to get, go to most get drunk. Uh, we see a guy here in another cartoonish moment literally gets scorched by the dome, just flattened like a pancake. Mm-hmm. Not killed. Like, he's just like, a, it's not like, oh, he got, he's dead. Like, he's got, there's no gore. It's just him flat. No, he's just a pancake person. And that's which, not, again, not realistic. Not realistic. Very cartoonish. Um, we like the Simpsons house butts again. I, that's the, like they are playing very fast and loose with the layout of the spring of Springfield as well to make this plot work because the Simpsons house is literally butted up against like the city limits. I guess it's just forest behind their house, mm-hmm. which literally is it, it, here in this episode. Moses right in, or this in the movie. Moses right next to the church. The Simpsons have no one behind them. It's not like a more neighborhood by them. Just forest. Uh, what else? Uh, Lard Lad is in the middle of downtown. Like the Simpsons, the Springfield changes a lot. For the movie, the, the all of these things are true. In the next episode, they will not be true. I guess that's fair. It just feels I don't know. They do a lot of convenient things for convenience sake to make this plot work, which is fine, I guess. Um, it is very dramatic, and it is like they do a really good job of building up the threat of this and how ominous it is. Like, oh my god. There's the, the 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 giant dome encasing this entire city, um, and they're all trapped. Um, apparently, the problem Matt has with this is that they'll run out of oxygen because there's not enough trees inside for the replacement rate. Correct. That's one of the many problems. <laughs> I mean, the the weird thing is, it's like um, you guys know you can dig under the ground, right? The dome only goes to surface level. <laughs> Like, the sinkhole will prove that eventually. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot of holes in this, literally and figuratively. So, um, this this is a, a very powerful, like, visual sequence and really does demonstrate really well how good this movie looks. Uh, obviously, can't really capture a clip of it, though. So, uh, the dome drops on the city. Everyone's panicking. Everyone's freaking out. Like, what's going on? And finally, Russ Cargill shows up projected onto the big wall of the dome to explain what has happened. What ruthless madmen could have done this to us? The United States government. My name is Russ Cargill, and I'm head of the EPA. The what? Environmental Protection Agency. Come again? Look, I'm a man on a big TV. Just listen. Springfield has become... Springfield! ...the most polluted city in the history of the planet. Drama queen! To prevent your poisons from spreading, your government has sealed you all within this dome. (laughs) Believe me, it's the last thing we wanted to do. I do own the company that makes the dome, but that's beside the point. What are you telling us? We're trapped like rats? No, rats can't be trapped this easily. You're trapped like carrots. 
Wait, wait, we couldn't be more polluted. Everyone stopped dumping in the lake. Apparently someone didn't get the message. Act natural. Hey, buddy, sooner or later, people are going to come by and discover this. Don't worry about that. We found a way to take you off the map. Which translates to literally erasing them from GPS systems. Because no one will ever know about them again. And then people, all the other towns around Springfield hate Springfield, so they'll be happy to see them go. Like, oh, Shelbyville? Nah, we don't care. They'll be happy Springfield is gone. I mean, I will say this, Matt. This is the most believable part of all this, okay? Like, yeah, of course, they wouldn't have oxygen to breathe. Yes, they could just dig under the dome. But the fact that the government just puts a dome over some town and then we just kind of let it happen, I would... That could happen tomorrow. <laughs> like, if there's some... there would be people falling all over themselves to justify why the government did it and why it's a good thing. Yeah, that could happen literally. There could be, like, some town in Ohio that tomorrow gets covered with a dome and I'd be like, yeah, I guess... I guess that happened. That's really up. That's messed up. We should do something about that. Remember the pandemic years? Oh, remember how it was almost uh, interrupted by that dome city that where everyone died? Yeah, and that, was, that was weird. Anyway, yeah. So uh, that's where we're calling today's episode. Uh, we're, the the town is covered in a dome. Uh, I thought maybe we could push a little farther to where the t- the the Simpsons escape, but that's a little too much time, I think. And I I do want to keep these episodes. Re- I we've already gabbed so so much. Uh, which is probably a good idea that we split this up because if we did this in one go, the episode would be four hours long. <laughs> and then I would just pass out from uh, from exhaustion halfway through. We're already um, most of the way there. Yeah. Um, that takes us to the end of part one of our episode. Uh, I I, th- I don't know. It's I haven't watched this. Um, we obviously can't do a fix this episode on this, and we probably won't, honestly. I don't think the movie's broken. Um from my memory of it i I stopped watching at this point matt i did not continue watching Um, i did not either okay um but i was i don't know i feel like this is roughly my memory of it to be fair i think i all my criticism of it is way worse because i've watched all these teen seasons of the simpsons yeah i don't i don't think i would i don't think i was i've never been as hard on it as i have today i think in my past talk every time i've t- talked about it before i've had criticisms obviously and i don't think anyone thinks the movies as good as the golden years the best episodes of the golden years but i think most people do generally do like the movie um i think my criticisms of it are going to be as harsh as they've ever been because we are doing it in chronological order i think and i think a lot of people i think this is fair I watched you. Did you watch the movie in theaters? I don't believe so. Now you didn't go see the movie in theaters. Wow. I I do not go to see a lot of movies in theaters. There are other people there. Oh, well, the the biggest problem I have is I pee frequently, <laughs> usually once every hour or two, uh, especially if I'm sitting still. So yeah, the fact that I can't pause it to go pee is a big uh, problem for me in no, seeing the, movies in theaters. The strat is you don't you dehydrate yourself. Before you go see the movie, Matt, you just don't drink for a couple hours. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do sometimes. When I know a movie is going to be very long, I'm like, I'm not going to drink anything for a while. I'll just watch the movie, drink when I get out. Um, I did go see this in theaters. I remember the exact circumstances because I was in Minnesota on vacation with some friends. Ooh. 
What was that? What's what's wrong Minnesota. with Minnesota? Okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Minnesota, Minnesota in the summer, Minnesota in the winter. This came out in July, Matt. It was the, so it was the oh, summer. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Then that's okay. I was staying on a, at a lake in Minnesota with some friends. It was great. It was beautiful. It was perfect weather. It's like seventies during the day, fifties at night. It was lovely. Oh, that does sound wonderful. That sounds a, like a Florida winter on a lake. It was so good. No, there's no mosquitoes. Uh, so it was wonderful. Uh, went on the boat every day. Uh threw people off the boat uh when they're trying to water ski so that's always fun um i w- i remember seeing in theaters but i had not watched the show regularly in years when the movie came out i hadn't watched it i think i even it's like somewhere in season 15 i was like eh, i'm done so years went by and then the movie came out I'm like oh I'll watch the movie and i went oh that was fun and that was that was my last that was my memory of the movie i'm like oh that's fun i didn't go watch the television show again though I didn't start regularly watching the TV show again. I just went, oh, that was the good. The movie's fun. I don't need to go watch that, the bad <laughs> yeah. show again. I, I stopped watching for a reason, and I'm not about to start watching again. Yeah, and I think that's I, – I wonder what the – how many people – like, with that much money, the, how much movie money this movie made, I'm presuming most of the people watching it were not – certainly not regular Simpsons fans. And I'm wondering how many of them were even lapsed fans like you or me who had stopped watching because the show had gotten so terrible. Um just I'm, 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 that's an interesting question so uh that's it for our discussion for this week we are not going to be doing fix this episode we're not going to be doing comments or news group until the final part uh of our until our third third part of the movie and then we'll do i'll do all the everyone's thoughts on the film so there is still time if you're listening and you if you are on our patreon if you want to join our patreon you can go leave a review of the movie and i'll read it uh when we get there so we can move on uh, jump over to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our Listener Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite moment of season 18? <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much, but you uh, know. Slip pickings. Uh, Matt, take it away. All right. Uh, starting off from Mark. I'm going to the moment that made me laugh loudest. There once was a wrapping tomato. That's right, I said wrapping tomato. He wrapped all day from April to May, and also guess what? It was me. I don't even know why I find that so funny, to be honest. Neither do I, Mark, but I also find that hilarious. I, for some reason, that, that still sticks in my brain. Uh, from Benjamin, Nelson and Bart beating up Dr. Octopus. It's so dumb, but I still laugh thinking about it. Very true. Uh, from Tim, Marge learning about the internet in Marge the Gamer. Occasionally, the writers do get it right. I really do believe that she'd get excited about saving 5% on paper towels in Tyrion without really being insulting. That is a very good point, Tim. <laughs> from Lauren, uh, hmm, this is difficult because there were very few laughs and memorable quotes. I have to go with Krusty from the last episode. Krusty, damn that Brockman. There are only two rules in TV. Don't swear and don't whip it out. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Uh, from Derek, Lord have mercy, this is tough. I looked through the episode list and seem to have purged most of the season from memory yet again. Perhaps my favorite part of the season would just be getting to spend more time with Marge and Marge Gamer. But if I had to pick something more specific, I may actually go for the same episode but choose Ronaldo and his stupefyingly awful performance. It's so bad, it's amazing, but I also love that it kind of harkens back to guest stars of old, where rather than venerate them, they paint them in such an unsavory light. I love that Ronaldo is evil for no reason. Another family broken up by Ronaldo, yes! And the bad acting makes it even better. All in all, though, it's slim pickings this season, and 19 is similarly grim. Oh, don't tell us that, Derek. It's been so long since I watched season 19. I'm sure it's uh, great, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
uh, from JJ. Even in the few good episodes in season 18, I struggle to think of a single joke that stood out and made me laugh as hard as 27 from season 17. So I'll just go with 24 minutes as a whole of being the only competent episode of the season. The Ha Ha couple and Marge Gamer come close, but they each have pretty big flaws, which can't be overlooked. Very true. Uh, from Atmore ATX, I know I'll be judged for this, but Krusty on Ice from Killville Volume 1 and 2 makes me laugh so much. I have a soft spot for kitschy stuff, and the Ice Capades gags get me every time. I also unapologetically love the Grumple. So, Robbie. So, you know, that's that's who we have to hurt. I, uh, I'm i going to... I, uh, Brian, uh, <laughs> is the board ATX. Brian uh-huh. is... I uh, have been a guest on the show, and Brian uh, plays D&D with me. Uh, I'm well aware of his love for the Grumple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The horrificness. Yeah. All right. Uh, from at BMD Xbox, 24 minutes where when Bart prank calls Kiefer Sutherland's character, Jack Bauer. From at 138-bit, that time they play a Ramon song, even though the episode was awful. <laughs> you got to pick your uh, pick your battles here. Uh, from at your apocalypse, I genuinely love Marge Gamer, or at least the Marge bits. South Park might have done it better, but you guys were bang on the money about the game world being how Marge sees it rather than any sort of reality. Plus, the character creation scene was great. <laughs> A lot of love for Marge Gamer. Uh, for Matt, yes, it's Aaron. Obviously, it's 24 minutes, and particularly the Homer Millhouse scenes. That's true. Those were surprisingly funny uh, for that episode. Uh, and season 18 in general. <laughs> from at Smells J, whose name is Smells Like Otto's Jacket. Fantastic. Uh, Crook and Ladder. Homer's Adventures with Ambi. I mean, Napian. This is our highest rated episode of season 18 here. It Smells Like Otto's Jacket. <laughs> Oh, next week's question. What is your plot for the second Simpsons what, what, movie? What, what, what are you doing, Matt? What are we oh, breaking format now? What are we bad. doing? Sorry, sorry, What's sorry. going on? Forgot, Chaos here. We had to answer. My bad. God almighty. I'm all out of sorts with the, the, the sections missing. So come on, Matt. Come on. Oh, I, I asked, but whatever. Uh, Robbie, what is your favorite season 18? Anyway, moment? thank you. I need, I, we need, I, we need proper format breaks, Matt. Um, my answer is so. <laughs> Believe me, it's it's a hard answer because I don't want to say anything. Uh, I think like I could just say twenty four minutes in total because uh, it is like the only competent, yeah, the only episode I would yeah. call good in season eighteen. Everything but everything else has has good stuff in it, like Marge Gamer. There's good stuff in Marge Gamer, but Marge Gamer as a whole is still not a good episode. Uh, no. Twenty four minutes is the good episode in season eighteen. I would like I but I would say that there like there are uh, I would I would like you know it's a moment not an episode so I will pick the uh the 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 I think my brain is stopped working that makes sense today Matt uh the the kind of the um I specifically I will pick the homages to that genre that they pull off in 24 minutes. The, the one that's on top of my mind is Bart not saying the name of the traitor before he is. Oh yeah. Head. Things that I, that's a, a good example of a simple, but good execution. Matt, what is your answer? Uh, there, there are a few, um, for some reason I have a spot, soft spot for Mona, Mo Lisa, or however the hell you're supposed to say that. Mo and Lisa. Uh, Mo and Lisa. Uh, and just the the idea of Mo being a a street poet, basically, and Lisa trying to help him. But for some reason, at the end of the episode, I just find the writers being bitchy towards each other. One of the funniest things like, oh, you were supposed to say my book. Uh, it just I, I don't know why, but I, I laugh every time I think about that bit. It's stupid, but it's the only joy I got out of the season. Yeah, I grab it when you can get it. 
to be fair. Yeah. Next week's question. Matt trying to usurp my role of the podcast. My bad. My bad. Uh, there you. Uh, next week's question. What is your your what is your plot for the second Simpsons movie? Let's say they make a second movie. What's the plot? What is your plot for it? Uh, I'll post this question on all our social media at Twitter on at which, on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com or uh, answer it on our Patreon, which is again patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show. Uh, we can move on. Uh, to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The no Google Trivia Challenge where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are uh, starting. This is... I don't... I, I think I'm going to include the movie with season 19, Matt. I'm going to lump them all together. Okay. Um, it also will pad our stats a little bit, you know, make us... Uh-huh. make us look a little bit better <laughs> um but we are it's still fresh start zero zero um uh, i'll say you start us off Matt. give me an easy question all right your easy question uh i went with season 18 as my theme because i wanted to make you relive the horror <sighs> your easy question who pimps homer's ice cream truck in ice cream of margie uh exhibit no uh, uh, it's a Simpsons character. Oh, is I'll, it? I'll that. Yeah. I think I'm thrown off, Matt, because I expect them to, you know, use. I don't. Again, this is a problem when you say you're like, oh, season 18. I'm like, I immediately purged all memory of season 18. <laughs> immediately, I watched an episode. I'm like, me, uh-huh. throw that in the waste bin. It was like you drag it directly to the recycling bin, empty all. Um, pimps, ice cream truck. See, like you're saying these words, Matt. I'm like, that was that did it. <laughs> It's like Yahoo Serious Festival. Like I know what those words are, but together, um, uh-huh. I, I, I like I don't know honestly. I cannot. Re- I don't like. I cannot remember it. Um, I can guess a Simpsons character though. Um, Professor Frank. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Otto uh, Matt? Like you literally could have like said any character name. Maybe like oh okay. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh-huh. Like literally, do not remember. I don't. They pimped out ice. I like the ice. I remember the ice cream truck episode vaguely. But they pimped out his ride? They did that? And they didn't have exhibit? They pimped out the ice cream truck. No exhibit, nope. though. Nope. Just auto. Why on earth would you do that bit if you couldn't get exhibit? I I guess they didn't want to make fun of exhibit. I don't know. It wouldn't be make... Okay. All right. I'm I I'm just yelling about season 18 again. All right. My, huh? my, okay, Matt. I took... Uh, my theme is Albert Brooks characters. Uh, oh, okay. Because I actually, you know, like, you know value you as a friend you want, you want to dwell on the good rather than the bad uh, but i mean i just i value you as a friend i don't mean to like be mean which apparently you do like doing that to uh-huh. me you like being cruel yep that's true uh your easy question hank scorpio runs what corporation the globex corporation see matt how nice i am how good of uh-huh. a person i am also, yeah, that's, that's why couldn't Hank first. Scorpio, leader of a corporation, be the new head of the EPA? This Russ Cargill already is the leader of an old corporation who's the head of the EPA. There you go. I'm just saying. I know. I know. All right. Are you ready for your medium question? Sure. Why not? I'm going to get it wrong. All right. Your medium question. What is the name of the festival that Mo and Lisa go to in Mo and Lisa? I don't know. I don't even remember what the episode's about, Matt. What do you expect me to? You expect <laughs> me to remember this? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Mo and Elisa. I mean, you did just say that Mo is some street poet. Um, so I'm assuming it's like some like beat poetry festival. 
but I don't know the name of it. Mm, okay. Uh, it is the Word Loaf Festival. Again, just making that up, aren't you? You just you, it doesn't matter. What <laughs> yep, you say. I'm just making up it words. Doesn't, like, doesn't, I don't remember that. Come on. Season eighteen. Yeah, like a like I li- it's literally like I have brain trauma from season eighteen. You're like, oh, remember it, Robbie? No, of course not. Why would I remember that? Uh, I have more valuable things to remember, like um, mm-hmm. the batting average of like a player from 1997. <laughs> that is good for you. It is good. What uh, medium question, Matt? What is the name of the ultimate behemoth satellite? Ultimate behemoth, oh, the RV sold uh, by Albert. Brooks's... I believe it is the Van Star One. No, you're correct. Oh, thank God. Because I swear you, one of us has asked the other that before. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I have. Like it's it's quite possible. Like Albert Brooks characters, I certainly probably covered the gamut. But that was years ago at this point. Well, like, like I don't remember yeah. that stuff. <sighs> I'm sure I'll know All my right. hard question, Matt. Considering I couldn't answer the easy one. You might. You might. Uh huh. Um, what is the name of the mentor wizard in the Angelica Button books? <laughs> the mentor wizard in the Angelica Button books. Um, uh, Dangledore. <laughs> Dangledore. Jeez. Uh, no, it is Graystash. <laughs> I'm sure, like, there's probably people screaming at their phones right now. That's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember that. Okay, your hard question, Matt. What are the personality disorders in Brad Goodman's Feel Bad Rainbow? Um, oh, God. I'm not going to get all of these, but I- I'm hoping to get at least one. There's um, ten of them. Oh God! Um, I, I know there's geriatric profanity disorder. Um, uh, oh God! Oh, I can't remember any of the rest of them. Uh, and chronic nagging, obviously, that's the one that Barge has. Um, there is indecisiveness, decisiveness, decisiveness. Um, those are, okay. I, I know those are all four. So that's what I'm. I'm not wasting more time. Those are the four I remember. Okay. Well, there's depression, insomnia. Motor mouth, darting eyes, indecisiveness, decisiveness, bossiness, uncontrollable falling down, which is my personal favorite, uh, uh-huh. geriatric profanity disorder, and chronic nagging. Nagging, nagging, nagging. I really, I, I hate it when I have uncontrollable falling down. <laughs> it's the worst. It's very. I, 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 I wouldn't qualify that. As, I wouldn't qualify that as a personality disorder, though. <laughs> That's more of like some physical ailment you might want to get that looked at if you're just falling down all the time well um i'm not giving you any points matt because you've been a me- big meanie head uh, i know uh, I if know. you were been nicer to me and maybe like gave me like a point this week i would have maybe given you a point for that but considering Sorry. you just were like oh uh, hey robbie uh, i hate you i'm like cool thanks matt really appreciate it uh matt is the three-point lead on me after one episode of the season so that's great that's real cool um yeah not great uh we'll move we can move on to our final segment segment we had every single episode wait it's time for best episode ever best episode ever best episode ever is a part of the show where matt and i rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically eventually compiling of every episode ever and how good they are but there's not a proper episode of the simpsons so matt and i are left with a conundrum what do we do um well matt gave me the, this idea and i thought it was a reasonable amount uh, reasonable idea what if this was just a three-parter you know, what if this truly was a three-part uh, three part episode of the show with a beginning, middle, and end? How would we rank this episode? Uh, we're not going to actually add it to our list, but I think it is a good thought experiment. Where would this go, Matt? Is this better? Here, let me. this is my first question. Okay. 
is this better than 24 minutes? Oh, God. Um, that is an interesting question. I would say... I would say yes. Ooh, uh, is it now? Okay, where is 24 minutes? I don't remember where. <laughs> 189. Okay, 189. I would say yes. I just wanted to see what was around 24 minutes. Because there is a strong plot thread that ties us all together, which 24 minutes also has, but it's a, it's a pastiche episode, so I feel like those kind of have to have that. Um, and I feel like, with the exception of Homer's Homer's wackiness, um, the character, the, especially the core character, fam, family characters, are very strong in this. Marge acts like Marge. Lisa acts like Lisa. Bart acts like Bart. Uh, we get the Flanders that we enjoy. The character work is very solid. Um, and I mean, if we're treating this as if it was a part of a three-part episode, the animation and music are just steps above even the best of the golden years, quite frankly. So I feel like it's better than 24 minutes, uh, but I'm not going much higher than that because already with 24 minutes, we're cracking into the bottom of the golden years episode. And right below that is Lord of the Dance. Uh, I mean... Let's see, what is it? Uh, 182, seven episodes above that is Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? And above that is Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. I don't think it's as good as those um, because those just have, they don't have the parts of the episode that make me feel bad that the movie has, you know, the, the wackiness between Bart and Homer's stupid dares and Homer just acting like a crazy person the entire time. Because hmm. this is what I was going to say, man. I was going to say, I think 24 minutes is better than this. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I was going to say 24 minutes is more cohesive. And frankly, sure, it is a pastiche. It is a, a parody of 24, but it is still it's more grounded than this. This chunk of the movie is, you know, I if there. There's no there's no uh, there's, a, there's a lot. And I think this might change as we get into the latter parts of the movie where it's more serious um, and takes things as takes things more seriously honestly it's not that the movie needs to be serious it needs to be it treats characters like characters um and it's functionally homer but also homer makes up such a big part of this of, of this the, early part yeah that's this true. early part so much homer in it and he is the most obnoxious part of it uh i think that's a, honestly matt a reason 24 minutes is as high as it is even despite the fact it's nearly good is the fact that there's not that much Homer. There's not a lot of Homer. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly Bart. It's mostly Bart and Lisa, um, which I'm going to give it some points for that. Um, frankly, like I'm looking at, I don't, I certainly not better than principal charming, which is right above 24 minutes. I think 20, principal charming is better than yeah. this. Um, like I, I would, I don't know. I, I think that we, we can come to some sort of a, a compromise here. I don't think we're too far That's apart. That's true. I, 24 minutes is actually a really good comparison um, because I feel like that is kind of about where it is. I look below it and I'm looking at like the auto show, Round Springfield, Bart the Daredevil. And I think that's kind of where this belongs, where it ends up is somewhere between 200 and 180. But where in there? Mm. I think it's better than... Um... I think it's better than those 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 season those season two episodes. I think it's better than mm -hmm. like Dead Putting Society. I think it's better than the Auto Show. Um, the Auto Show is like one of the weakest Golden Years episodes, um, along with you know those I, like early season two, like those like very sitcommy season two episodes. I hesitate to include them. Um, and you're right. I do. You should. We should give credit to the movie at the quality of its animation. 
quality of its direction, quality of the of the score. Those things matter. Uh, I think we I've said before that we often write things based like Simpsons has always been a writer show. You know, it's always about how good the writing is and everything else is secondary. But I do you should should give credit. Does it's beautiful. Uh sounds great. Um frankly I think it's better it is better than those episodes. I think it's like that's the true question because I would put either put it probably right below twenty four minutes or right above twenty four minutes. Or I think it's better than Lord of the Dance. I think twenty four minutes is the true litmus test. Yeah, it really is. Uh honestly I could go either way. Ooh. Um it's that it's, it really stands up to how good 24 minutes was and how, what a departure that was from the rest of season 18. Yeah, I think and I think that's representative, like because this is made in the same, you know, this is they were working on this along with the television show. And a lot of people credit the fact that those seasons of the show are so bad is because they were busy with the movie uh, and they just split their attention between them. I'll, I, I think I ultimately, Matt, I think I will side with you. I'll say it's better than 24 minutes. I will okay. say because one, I will say here I'll grade like I don't it's our it's our list we can do it we can split hairs however you like and ultimately it is the the first third of a of a movie and or if we were looking at it this way the first third of a three parter that's a harder thing to do I think that's more difficult than putting together like a twenty minute pastiche of a TV show um, so I'll with that little slightly curve grading on a curve I think it goes right above twenty four minutes. Fair enough. But we're not going to actually add it to our list. This is just a, a spitballing. Um, but I think that's it's, I think it does bring up interesting points about comparative quality. Um, but we'll see. We'll probably will. Uh, we'll do this after every part. And then we'll also kind of talk about the movie as a whole. I don't know if we'll rank the movie, whatever that means, um, as a whole. But we'll certainly talk about the quality of the film. Um and if they should make a second one, at least by the end of the, our discussions. Uh, our next episode will be the second part of this. We'll be covering the second third of the film. Uh, I don't really have a, have a, that. Uh, I don't believe we figured out what we're exactly we're going to cover in the second episode. Roughly the second half hour of the film, where it lines up with big plot story beats. Um, but if you haven't gotten a review in on our Patreon and you are a member, you can go do that in the next couple weeks. And or it's perfect time to go subscribe, get access to a bunch of bonus content, help support the show, and leave a review for the movie. Um, but that'll be next time. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, everything's on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It includes links to all the things we do, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to a link to our Patreon. It's all there. Um, you can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. That is my name. My name is also uh, my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. It's links to all the things I do on the internet, all my podcasts, and links to purchase all of my nine horror novels. Uh, my newest is called What Dwells Beneath the Waves. It is Carl Heisen meets H.P. Lovecraft. Love H.P. Lovecraft is with a reporter trying to stop a Florida man, Eldritch Cultist, in the Florida Keys in the midst of a hurricane. Uh, fantastic novel, of course, because I wrote it, so you should go buy it. And go check out all my books. Uh, also, I have a new YouTube channel, Writing Based Advice YouTube channel. Um, putting out a new video every single Wednesday. I'd love you to go check that out. Go subscribe. I have links in the show notes for that stuff. I uh, would really appreciate a subscription. Uh, it helps me. Once I get to a certain threshold, I can customize the channel in very specific ways. Really appreciate that. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. 
It's true. Uh, as I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast today, I spend all my time taking care of kittens. In fact, I need to go feed them right now before I am killed and devoured from the knees down. Uh, but you can check out the adorable kittens at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, and perhaps find a new fuzzy friend for yourself. With that, folks, wait, what am I doing, Matt? With that, we will call it. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. If you've watched The Simpsons. Shh.